I used to lie in that stinky ass 4x5 cell looking at those dog walls. And I don't care how much I let it run through my head, it always ended up the same way. I'd always end up hanging upside down in that stupid car looking at that stupid ass cop. We're gonna change all that. Man. We're gonna put you up on your feet again. You're gonna have a bankroll so big when you walk down the street, it's gonna look like your pockets got the mumps. I ain't never had those kind of mumps. Now remember, a pimp is only as good as his product. See, and his product is women. Now you got to go out there and you got to get the best ones you can find. You gotta work them broads like nobody's ever worked them before. And never forget, anybody can control a woman's body, see? But the key is to control a mind. You see, Pippin's big business. And it's been going on since the beginning of time. And it's gonna continue straight ahead. Somebody up there turns out the lights on this small planet. Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, it's now time for part two of eight, which means we are in the midst of the top 80 albums countdown for the year 1973. Getting into album number 70 right here. Now, for this entire episode, we're pretty much getting into records that scored around the 80-point mark, so a little bit better than three-quarters good. So we've already made a big jump with this one right here to kick off this show. The fourth album by Cool and the Gang, called Wild and Peaceful, came out in the fall of 73, self-produced by the band. What can you say about a record that has Jungle Boogie and Hollywood swinging on it? Besides, uh, you probably need to have this in your collection. I mean, we're already almost getting to that point where you probably got to own it. But yeah, just those two right there, all-time funk classics. Everybody knows those two songs. They at least knew Hollywood swinging prior to Pulp Fiction coming out. But after Pulp Fiction came out, then everybody knew Jungle Boogie. It was the coolest song in the world about 20 years later. (laughs) 
But if you knew back then, you knew, and you had to get this Cool in the Gang record. I still contend that they are one of the top bands going right now. If we're going to get into this discussion, then I'm going to say it. It is an absolute shame and travesty and embarrassment that Cool in the Gang is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Further proof on that Midwest bias. But man, with stuff like this, how how are you not in there? So I mentioned those other two singles, big songs, but I'm not going to play either of those. I am going to play the actual lead single from the record and the kickoff track on the record as well. Perfect way to kick off the show. If you've never heard this, you're in for a treat. So get down to it and turn it up. This is Funky Stuff. Kicking off the show here today and coming in at number 70 here on our top 80 albums of 1973 countdown. That was cool in the gang with funky stuff, man. Yeah. So what a way to kick off a show. 
And like I said, all these albums pretty much scored the exact same points, if not the exact. And if you're playing at home, you can interchange the positioning on any of the records on this particular episode. I just kind of lined this one up for pacing, honestly. So we're still not like hardcore scoring them, but it's basically just blocks. And I do this a lot on these countdowns, but I feel like it's a fair enough uh, asterisk to have here, blocks. And then, of course, once I get into the nitty gritty, they're like, definitely hardcore ranked and scored but i say all that because i wanted to have a strong kickoff song as any quality host likes to have so this next one right here i i think i actually do like the cool in the gang record better than these next handful of records but the best songs on some of these records are actually ballads so we're going to get into some ballads here and sticking with american soul music we got one of the all-time soul balladeers in the shy lights who i think most people would know at least their biggest hit from about two years prior to this song called have you seen her and the shy lights like i said balladeers the kings of the morose sad sad songs and just heartbreakers they don't have a lot of up-tempo stuff they have some but it's mostly just ballads that's their bread and butter and they didn't mess with the formula too much but here on the sixth album of theirs which is weird it's their sixth album but they decided to do a self-titled record so this album here called the shy lights coming in here at number 69 yes but yes uh, basically self-produced the lead singer of the band eugene record produced this record it came out at the end of august of 73 and like i said no ground really broken but it's just uh, ballads and sad songs and stuff like that but i think it's still very quality and this is an interesting one because it probably hits home for some people this basically is a song about going through a divorce and it's a prime example of either way you see it the grass is always greener on the other side right so here's the shy lights to further paint that picture here is never had it so good and felt so bad check it out I felt like a king Standing in front of the judge Because I knew That whatever went down I would be a free man Yeah Well I ran into this friend of mine Just the other day And he told me He had heard about my freedom And that if he ever saw me There were a few things That he'd like to say So he said be with you when your flame dies down who could you depend on when no one else was around I looked at him and said you know I like being on the loose and now that I think about it I gotta tell the truth I'll take Today. Our first anniversary going our separate ways As I celebrate being free at last Never had it so good and felt so bad 
tell you what i hope to never ever experience that kind of pain but they managed to take that kind of pain and make it sound so beautiful somehow still as sad as it is those vocal arrangements are off the charts man that's why the shy lights are one of the greats of all time in r&b and soul but yes never had it so good and felt so bad from the self-titled shy lights record album number 69 right here and coming in at number 68 One of my favorite, favorite singers of all time, man. This guy had a gift with his voice right here. Terry Reed, who is definitely going to show up in a lot higher position a few years from now on my countdown. That's for damn sure. He's going to be riding high in a few years. And this record right here, it's pretty good. But I think like his first couple of records are a lot better than this. And the one after this destroys it. 
So it's just kind of one of those albums. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's all right. And this gets by on Terry's talent and everything. So I still think it's worth checking out. Any of his records, especially early on in the 60s and 70s, are worth checking out. So get into some Terry Reed. If you don't even know what that is, it's R-E-I-D. This record right here, his third album called River, produced by a guy named Tom Dowd. D-O-W-D, but if you don't know that name, he's got a resume a mile long. Go look him up. Uh, but yeah, you should check out Terry Reed. I hope this isn't your first Terry Reed song because it's, it's not his best, but it's one of the better songs on this record, and I, I know I'm not selling him very well, but you gotta go deep on him. He's one of the greats. So, for this album right here called River, easily enough, we're just gonna play the title track. So, here's Terry Reed with River. <laughs> Oh, 
started there, never be returning to find what else that heart is yearning for. Coming in number 68 right there. That was Terry Reed from the album River, and that was the title track of that record. And much like Terry Reed, this next guy right here definitely did better stuff in different years, but I'm still glad he's on this countdown for sure because he definitely deserves to be represented. One of the great artists of all time, a guy who made this world a better place, Curtis Mayfield coming in here at number 67 with his fourth solo album, Post Impressions. And this one's called Back to the World. Now, obviously, following up the Superfly soundtrack was going to be a tough chore. And I don't think he quite hit the mark. Although I think he would rebound definitely after a couple of releases from here. But this one's still decently listenable. Like I said, around the 80-point mark. So nothing really wrong with it. But nothing groundbreaking either. It just gets by, once again, like the Terry Reid record, it gets by on his talent and just what he brings to a song, even if it was in cruise control. But that being said, here's the lead single from that record. This one's called Future Shock. We got to stop. Just shot. 
right, the late great Curtis Mayfield right there with Future Shock from Back to the World. Hope you enjoyed that. How can you go wrong with Curtis Mayfield anyway? But there you have it. Next album right here we're going to talk about is this guy's fifth album. It came out here on June 8th of 73, self-produced. This guy right here, Bobby Womack. And like I said, we're in that realm of soul and funk kind of getting in with each other and some are leaning hard in one direction or the other some people are chasing the trends but bobby came around at a time where he could really do both and get away with it and definitely one of those decently underappreciated artists he's just got a cool sound man and i'd be surprised and i full disclosure i haven't heard every bobby womack record although i like the guy but i'd be very surprised if this one didn't turn out to be his best record because it's quite good and it just it's got a vibe to it for sure and this one basically is a ballad but there's such a groove to it. It just makes it such a cool sounding song, even if it's meant to be a sad song. But check it out. You'll see what I mean right here. Here's Bobby Womack from his album Facts of Life. And this is Nobody Wants You When You're Down and Out. Nobody wants you now. You're down and down. I feel like I'm on a 
Coming in at number 66 there in our top 80 albums of 1973 countdown. That was Bobby Womack with Nobody Wants You When You're Down and Out. What a great, cool fucking song that is. And that was just a year after he did Across 110th Street. And you could totally hear the vibe of that song still just dripping into that other song. Great, great stuff. And we get into number 65 here with a great rock and roll album here. 1973 and one i had never heard top to bottom full disclosure once again i have a best of of this band but i would definitely buy this record now if if i see it out and about i'm definitely going to pick it up and it's the third album by brownsville station called yeah with that exclamation mark which is why i said it that way but obviously when i was six years old and i first heard this song that i'm about to play i heard it via a cover as a lot of us did. If you didn't grow up on this song or if you weren't alive in the early 70s, then you heard it via Motley Crue. And speaking of Motley Crue, a band that they ripped off tremendously, Hanoi Rocks, and also proved to be their downfall, uh, I always wondered why Hanoi Rocks covered Lightning Bar Blues, this Hoyt Axton song, and I'm pretty sure with this album my question was answered because they also cover that Hoyt Axton song on this Brownsville Station record. So you got this song, of course, this big, huge song I'm about to play. You got Lightning Bar Blues, which I know to be a Hanoi Rock song. It turns out to be a Hoyt Axton song that Brownsville Station covered, and Hanoi probably covered it because they did. Also, you got a killer classic rock song called Barefoot, and if you don't know that, it's a great classic soul song. They also cover that on here. Like every other band in the world that existed in the early 70s, if you're a rock band, you covered Sweet Jane, and that's on here, of course. And those are the only covers on here. I just wanted to bring that up, but this is a really killer rock and roll album, and I definitely recommend you checking it out. And yes, we are going to play the big hit. Their lone top 10 song here, and what a representation of 1973. you got to do it right here. And we're going to do it right here on floor number two. It's Smoking in the Boys Room. How you doing out there? You ever seen there one of those days where it just seems like everybody's getting on your case from your teacher all the way down to your best girlfriend? Well, you know, I used to have them just about all the time, but I found a way to get out of it. Let me tell you about it. Sitting in the classroom thinking it's a track, listening to the teacher rap just ain't my bag. New bells ring.
album number 65 right there belongs to the Brownsville station with the album Yeah, and of course that was Smokin' in the Boys Room. And not for nothing, but lead singer, this guy's name is Cub Coda. And if you're going to make a list of all-time cool rock and roll names, Cub Coda's got to be involved in the conversation, I feel. So at least it's an interesting name. Let's agree to that. But coming in over here, we're going to pivot back to the soul music for album number 64 with the self-titled third album. Once again, we're getting into, like, not the first album is self-titled, but maybe the sixth album, or in this case, the third album, the self-titled album by The Spinners, the number one band in outer space. And I say that because, of course, one of their bigger hits, the rubber band man, appears in one of the Marvel movies, but the Guardians are playing it when they're in outer space, and they're jamming out to that song. And they also did the theme song for Spaceballs. So for my money, The Spinners are the number one band in outer space. And this self-titled album is a very good album. It's a classic must-own soul record for sure. It's not perfect, but it's mostly great. And once again, like we did here just now with Smoking in the Boys Room, I am going to go obvious, but if you're not a soul person, maybe you don't know this song, but you should. It's an all-time great, and it sounds so good in the headphones. So we're going to put some butter in your ears right here with this one by The Spinners. This is I'll Be Around. There's no way 
Number 64 belongs to the Spinners and their self-titled album. And that was, of course, I'll Be Around. If someone came up to me and said, Joey, I'll Be Around is the greatest soul song of 1973. I don't even know if I could argue with them. That song is that good. I don't know if it is for sure the best soul song of the year, but I'll let you know at some point here, probably during the countdown. Hopefully I'll remember to let you know. Sometimes I forget these things, but if I don't follow up, please ask me. You can DM me, however you want to do it. But getting in here to album number 63, a big surprise for me because I did not expect this band to rank into this countdown because I respect this band. This band's got hit singles galore, but I've just never been a big fan of this band. I've never dived in on them, never felt the need to, but I would also be surprised if this wasn't their best album once again because it shockingly kept my interest. So I got to give it up here for the Doobie Brothers. This is their third studio album called Captain and Me, which I'm assuming the first time I ever heard that title or heard it referenced was on Licensed Dale. I'm assuming that's where it comes from for me. But yeah, this album came out on March 2nd of 73, produced by the great Ted Templeman, who produced some of my all-time favorite albums. You know which ones they are. This one right here, much like I talked about the Cool in the Gang record, like, yeah, it's got two huge radio songs on here. Long Train Runnin', you know it if you've heard it. China Grove, you know that song for sure. So yeah, the album obviously sold really well. And we're not even to the point where Michael McDonald's even in the band. You got Tom Johnson in here singing all the lead vocals. And they already have hits at this point. So it, you know, people think that it's a Michael McDonald band. It's like, no, it didn't start that way. It just kind of ended up that way. More on that later. But right now, I'm going to play actually the B-side for China Grove, which I was like, wow. Because this is my favorite song on the record by far. So here's a little nugget for you by the Doobie Brothers. This is Evil Woman.
for me, kind of a shock that that's basically a hard rock song, an evil woman by the Doobie Brothers right there. That was from their album, The Captain of Me. Hope you enjoyed that. Let me know if you've ever heard that before, because I've never heard The Captain of Me until this year. But once again, it kept my interest. I'm shocked. But hey, that's why I do these kind of shows, because I want to learn shit too. So Something I didn't have to be reminded of is... While I like this artist, and I think this is a pretty good record, it's not his best album. It's very heralded, but I guess it's really just because it's the start of what would become a lot of greatness here. Much like, and this guy gets tied into Elton John a lot, because he's also a piano man. Oh shit, spoiler! Yes, we are talking about Piano Man, Billy Joel's second solo album, but he would definitely want to refer to this as his first real album, because... Man, he did not like his first solo album. Uh, It's well documented. So Piano Man's like the one that people recognize as his first record, at least that that matters. And that being said, I'm not huge on this record. Like I said, it's got a handful of hits on it. And it's pretty damn good. You can hear, once again, flashes of brilliance. Because honestly, I never need to hear Piano Man again. Yes, it's a well-written song. I like the fact that it's a true story and the whole thing. But definitely going a little deeper and almost getting into that Elton John territory with the Americana stuff. Like Ballad of Billy the Kid is a great song. And I actually like some of the deeper tracks more on this record. Proof positive right here. The one that I really gravitated towards is this one right here. Here's a little deep cut from Piano Man. This is Stop in Nevada. We always found it hard to take her. She wouldn't listen to advice. Though he never tried to make her She often thought it would be nice Oh, now she's heading out to California It's been a long time coming But she's feeling like a woman tonight And she left a little letter Said she's gonna make a stop in Nevada For years to be a good wife It never quite got off the ground And all those stories of the good life Convinced her not to hang around Oh, now she's heading out to California she doesn't know what's coming, but she's sure of what she's leaving behind. And she left a little letter, said she's gonna make a stop in Nevada. Goodbye, goodbye. Finds it hard to leave him She knows it would be worse to stay He wouldn't understand the reasons That make a woman run away Oh, now she's heading 
album number 62 here on this countdown and i had failed to mention prior to the song it was released on november 9th of 73 produced by a guy named michael stewart yes that was billy joel with stop in nevada from the piano man record a big selling record for him and the start of a big career for billy not his best stuff in my opinion there's a lot it's very formulaic in a sense that it almost kind of bothers me that it's got the first second and third acts going for it they're almost always the same and this song i just played stop in nevada it's kind of along that same formula but at least it's something you haven't heard a billion times but also check out ballad of billy the kid on this record as well but definitely it kind of goes without saying but his output between 77 and 83 is just legendary stuff so those are the records you definitely want to get by him More on those later on different countdowns. But we're going to close off this particular episode with something. I guess people could say this is formulaic, but to me it sounds like the furthest thing from formulaic. It it takes a lot of balls to do records like this, in my opinion. And for album number 61 here, just trying to climb into the mind of this band, like thinking you just put out two amazing records, and the pressure that must have been on this band to follow up Fragile, And Close to the Edge, it had to weigh a lot on Yes, because the move that they pulled here, and this album came out in December of 73, produced by Eddie Offord. And I was reading up about this, because there's a lot to read up (laughs) on this particular uh, record, for sure. It's... There's a lot. Even if you just go on Wikipedia, there's like... It's a short story. It's crazy. And much like the album itself, it's not subtle. By the way, the album is called Tales from Topographic Oceans. And it's a double vinyl album. Four songs. So, it's one song per side. Each song averages about 20 minutes. That That's insanity. That is... I'd say, and I am a decent enough prog fan. I'm definitely not a hardcore prog rock fan. But this, to me has to be the peak of prog rock because it's on a major label. It's four songs, 20 minutes a piece, 80 minute record, double record. I mean, you can't get bigger than that. You just can't. I mean, there's nowhere to go after that unless you did a triple and repeated the same thing with two extra songs. Yeah. I was just reading up on this. I was just fascinated by the process and the amount of weird shit that went on in the studio as far as like i need to build this studio in a certain way we got to have this kind of ambiance it's crazy stuff and they recorded it like in the same castle that sabbath did sabbath bloody sabbath in so there's a tie-in there as well it's it's craziness and so i recommend just hey like i said once again just go to the wiki page and read about this it's it's crazy and i'm sure there's some hardcore fan that's written an entire book just on the making of this record for sure and i played rick wakeman's solo song on the odds and ends that solo album he did so he was so crazed and frustrated with this recording process and after those handful of tours so he was not mentally into the material here so much, but man, it's a journey. So I can't say it's a bad record. It's just one of those, it's, it was hard to score for me because how do you score a 20 minute song? I mean, I guess it's simple enough for some people, like they're just going to be bored by it and they're going to hate it. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. That's your opinion. I just tried to turn on my scholastic music brain to properly review this album, but I basically came up with about, okay, it's about 80 points. (laughs) So 
there you have it tales from topographic oceans what i did here now you're like sitting there going dear god joe are you gonna play a 20 minute song no i'm not i'm not gonna play a fourth of the album here for you because that would not be fair i don't do that with any of these albums there's that just doesn't make sense what i'm going to do though is thankfully there's some fans online that made fan edits and more accessible versions of these songs so i'm gonna play just a little under half and this is the best edit i could find that makes sense to me about half of the last song on the record so i i, I this was my overall favorite piece on the record and you have to call it a piece because it's basically like classical music at this point uh but yes for album number 61 and this Yes album right here, I'm going to play you an edited version of part four of Tales from Topographic Oceans. This is a little bit of the song Ritual. Enjoy.
Closing off the show here today and closing off this particular part of the top 80 albums countdown for the year 1973. That was an edited version of Ritual from the Yes album Tales from Topographic Oceans. Hope you enjoyed that. Hopefully maybe that little edit entices you to go listen to the record. It is a journey. Like I said, if you got an hour and a half and you can stand the prog rock, it's uh, something to behold. That's for sure. And and maybe even reading about it while you're listening to it might help. I, I think that's what it did for me as well. So, yeah, there you go. But once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We've got six more of these bad boys to get into. And, of course, as the scientific countdown rule goes, it's only going to get better from here on out. So join me, won't you, and tell a friend. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs, and followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business, Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. 
For $20, we will ship you out a high quality, soft as heck, next level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Postgame show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.